Apple made waves last week with the iPhone SE, but there's another budget smartphone that's flown under the radar, and it's from Samsung, the world's largest smartphone maker. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is CNET's guru on smartphones, Jessica Dolcourt. Welcome, Jess. Over the last few days, there has been a lot of attention over the iPhone SE and budget phones in general. Uh, but Samsung had launched phones under its mid-tier A-series just a week earlier. Tell me a bit about them. Uh, well, there were actually six phones that Samsung launched, and it basically ranges from like $110 on the low end all the way up to the $600, $700 range. And there's one in particular that is on sale now with Verizon and Sprint and coming to other carriers soon. And it is called the Samsung Galaxy A51. And this is actually on paper, the strongest contender to the iPhone SE. Of course, it's an Android phone and there are some differences, um, but the prices are exactly the same, $400, $400 for the starting iPhone SE. And how do the two stack up, you know, spec wise, feature wise, like what uh, does, does one have an edge over the other? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because, of course, you have to take away the operating system because there are always going to be people who are loyal to iOS and there are always going to be Android fans. I would say that there are a couple places uh, where the specs diverge, at least on paper. Now, remember, we haven't seen the iPhone SE yet, and the Galaxy A51 is a phone that I am going to review, but, you know, we really want to compare them side by side. So screen size and body size are really where they diverge. The Apple iPhone SE has that 4.7 inch screen, which is really small by today's standards. The A51 has a 6.5 inch screen, but then there's also the body. You know, the iPhone SE is physically a smaller phone, but one thing you have to remember is that the SE has that fingerprint reader. So the chin on the bottom of the phone is much larger. So it's not an edge to edge display. The screen doesn't take up the entire body the way that today's most current phones do. So is it's a small phone in, you know, quotation marks, but still definitely smaller than um, the Galaxy A51. So what about, what about things like the camera? Yeah, so the camera is also interesting. Um, this is kind of like a light phone, the SE. It has all of the guts of the iPhone 11 in a smaller package, basically the size of the iPhone 8, as you mentioned. But uh, there's only one camera on the back. It's a 12 megapixel camera. And of course, you know, the iPhones have more. Um, Samsung is throwing all of its cameras, even at this mid-price, mid-range phone. So you actually have four cameras on the back of the A51, including a macro lens. <laughs> So uh, can you talk about some of the other features? What, what about storage? Are there any other bells and whistles we should know about uh, that the A51 has that maybe the SE doesn't or vice versa? If you're a person who cares about storage, then this is actually the highest value of the A51 over the iPhone SE because the A51 starts at, well, there's actually only one configuration. It's 128 gigabytes, whereas the iPhone SE starts at 64 gigabytes and then you pay more for 128 and even more for 256. So for that $400, you automatically have twice the storage on the A51, plus you have expandable storage up to 512 gigabytes. And you know, memory cards are pretty cheap. It's like 20 bucks for another 128 gigabytes. Um, so in that sense, uh, you know, the value proposition is much, much higher for Samsung's phone. Yeah, definitely an iPhone SE with just 64 gigs, that is, that is too little memory for basically anyone at this point, right? That's not really what you want. Yeah, if you take any videos or any photos, you know, and I think that the people who are going to be buying this phone want to use it as a real phone. They're not going to be using it as a light phone. They want to get it because it's inexpensive. Right. All right. I want to talk a bit broader about the Galaxy A line because it has been around for a while, but we're just getting it in the U.S. So 
you know, why now? What's what's with the timing? Yeah, that's a really good question. It's hard to know uh, how long Samsung had these plans uh, working with carriers. These things typically take time. So I don't think it's a question of Samsung snapping its fingers and saying, right, we're reading the writing on the wall um, and there are people losing their jobs and they're they're going to be caring about um, having budget devices at the ready. Um, because usually it does take time to get phones with carriers. It, it takes a long time to build those relationships and to go through all sorts of testing and certification. Um, but the timing is really critical. Uh, so Samsung has been building up the A-line and it's possible that they wanted to introduce it to the US at this time anyway as a way to replace the budget J series. Um, and also perhaps as a way to differentiate this mid-range A-line that is now strengthened globally um, to the Galaxy S line, which is basically like the crown jewel for Samsung apart from the foldable phones. So last year we got the Galaxy S10e, which was sort of the quote unquote cheaper phone. That's the one that would have um, basically competed with today's iPhone 11 and Samsung didn't do that. So they started off at a thousand dollar phone as their entry level Galaxy S20 device. And then it just went up from there. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And at the time I was disappointed and and maybe just a little curious why they did that seeing the a series come out it's possible that if that was part of samsung's strategy all along then it does make sense to differentiate that premium galaxy s family from the galaxy a yeah it'll be interesting to see you know in this economic uh, environment as you alluded to whether or not there is still appetite for those flagship phones or if we're going to get more attention for these kinds of budget phones and really like the iphone se the a51 at 400 range those phones generally haven't done so well in the U.S., right? Like, it, it's interesting because from everything I hear, it's it's the flagship phones that do well, or like the super super cheap phones, the the, the kind of prepaid budget phones that are hundred bucks. Do you think this environment is going to change the demand or the appetite for these kind of mid tier phones that are kind of in between everything else? It seems logical that it would, but you know, it's it's hard to predict what the patterns are going to be. Um, just as it's hard to predict exactly what's going to happen, you know? Um, so it would make sense that as people become more budget conscious, that they'll go to the budget phone that seems to offer the most value for the best price. Uh, I think we're definitely going to see a downturn. We already have started to see this when it comes to the selling of those premium devices or phones in general. But it might be that there aren't that many phone sales anyway. It might be that there's a short burst now and then people just kind of hunker down and hold on to the device that they have. Because the longer that we stay indoors and in quarantine, um, you know, the less people I think are going to use the benefits of the phone in the wider world um, that make mobility really important, right? So things like your 5G data, if you have Wi-Fi at home, maybe 5G is something you don't really care about anymore, you know, until we are able to reintegrate. Um, and same with a lot of those other features, you know, if you're not out and about and using them for the 50% of the day that you're outside of the home, um, maybe you don't need your phone for as much, especially the camera. All right. Uh that's awesome. Uh, before we go, we do have one reader question I want to get to. Brian, can you play for us? Hey, this is Socrates. Uh, just calling to be, I guess, the only voice that's a negative opinion about the iPhone SE. I I love that it's nice and cheap and all, but it's about how small it is. Apple, what are you doing? Nobody wants this. Well, plenty of people want this bigger phone, but oh, I like my little SE. Is this the end of small phones? Like, is there any alternative, any hope for people like me? who don't want a big monstrosity in my pocket? Uh, that's that's a fantastic question. Uh, 
you know, I get a lot of uh, resp- questions about whether or not uh, the smart, the small phone, small smartphone, uh, is is you know DOA. What, what do you think, Jesse? Do you think that uh, you know if you really want to get a phone with a high spec or high capabilities, you have to settle for a, a large phone? Oftentimes, a phone that's too large for your hand. Yeah, I mean that's a great question. I I think the definition of what a small phone is is changing. So the larger they get. Um, the larger the quote unquote small phone is. I think the only true small phone is the Palm uh, phone that sells on Verizon, which is actually called the Palm Compact Phone by Palm, just in case you're wondering. That one has a 3.3 inch screen. So it is tiny. It is literally the size of my hand. But I think that there's this trade-off. I think that maybe people feel like they want small phones, but they still want the largest screen on a phone that is just easy to use. And maybe that's the definition. Because when you use a 3.3 inch screen, in a lot of ways, it feels too small. You're not really going to watch video on it. You're not going to use it as an e-reader. And it's hard to type on and it's hard to see. So I think that people have really gotten used to the conveniences of a large screen and what foldable phones and what different dimensions of phones are trying to solve is how do we give you the most screen in something that is comfortable and easy for you to hold and operate and carry around. Awesome. That wraps things up. You can check out Jessica's story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or leave us a voicemail at 862-250-5713. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. 